0: From Harare, Zimbabwe to the World Wide Web.
1: You are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast.
0: Every week, we lead you in conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Our goal is to get you to ask questions and compare what today's culture is telling us versus what the Bible says. If you're a non-believer, we hope that our conversation will shed more light on what the Christian faith is really about. Never miss an episode by subscribing through our website www.radiantculture.africa or you can find us on iTunes. Like our Facebook page, look up Radiant Culture and follow us on Twitter at Radiant Culture. If you're on Instagram, it's Radiant underscore culture radiant culture it's life it's truth it's lit stay tuned
2: keep it locked on the radiant culture podcast podcast
1: coming up next engaging and exciting conversation on life God and pop culture Get get ready now
2: so Um, the other thing that's kind of in line with what, um, T-Mac was asking, we're living in the microwave generation, Mm -hmm. right? Quote unquote. And we're used to things happening instantly. You know, we, we want things to happen quickly. You post something on Facebook or Instagram. You want to see those hundred likes very quickly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and we've become accustomed to this, mm-hmm. right? With with technology and just with where society is going. Um. But for the millennial, and you know the, the the young the young person, the young Christian who is living in this day and age, right? Prayer tends sometimes, you know, God seems to uh, often take his time with with prayer, mm-hmm. and. Don't we run the risk of expecting God to respond quickly and things to happen at the pace that we're used to, right? Including prayer itself. To say, Sha, didn't I prayed for a new iPad, right? The item is not coming. Or I prayed for a wife, right? And I thought God would show the me. the item is not coming. The item is not coming, right? <laughs> right? So don't we also... Right. In fact, I'm. I'm even. This, this is something that I think is happening even now. Right. Where we just feel like, sure. But God, okay. I'll be. I'll be honest. I feel like it sometimes myself. Yeah. I'm like, sure. Honestly, yeah. God, why do we have to wait for? Yeah. I don't know. for yeah. This long. Just yeah. answer the prayer. Your yeah. God. You know how these things work, yeah. right? Yeah. So. I, I don't know. What, what, what do we do about that? What, what do you have
1: to say about that, rather? Okay, so uh, right off the bat, Romans 12, verse 2 comes to mind. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, Jesus. but ye, ye transformed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going KJV on "Be ye transformed brother, mm-hmm. by, the, by the renewing of your mind. And uh, I would imagine, you see, yes, we are in a culture that goes a certain way. yeah. Um, but God's ways are not man's ways. And so we are to renew our minds. To understand how he works. Because that scripture goes on to say so that we are able to uh, no, discern what is. his yeah, his good, pleasing and perfect will is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when our minds are renewed, we would actually come to a point where we say, God is very good that you're not a microwave God. Mm. You see, because God is has got so much capacity. I mean, actually so much of the things that we are saying, God do do is actually already done in eternity past. And then there's a, a scripture in Isaiah sixty five verse twenty-four that says, You will call and I'll answer before you even say anything. Mm-hmm. You know? So before you even call, I would have answered you. So God does live on that planet or on that in, that in that world where you can do things quicker than you, you know, than you expect. But there's so much else to look at. If you look at um the reference might not be correct here, but it's in Deuteronomy. If someone could check that out later, maybe in chapter seven, where God says that I'm not going to bring you into the land uh, quickly, lest the wild animals overwhelm oh, yeah. you. Um, and it's a principle of God. Because so many times we think that God is the one who's delaying it. We are the ones who are, you know, late in terms of gaining capacity. Mm-hmm. Do you have the capacity to contain the blessing that I will put on you? Do you have the capacity to, you know, to love a spouse? Do you have the capacity to take care of our, of a mansion, you know, of a multi-million dollar business if you can't, you know, manage a few hundred dollars, you know, you, you can't, you know, you don't know where your till receipts are, you don't know what, what you use it for, you're just asking each other, you know, you know, this money came in and I just don't know what happened to it, and you want to be given multi-million dollars. So many times we say, God, you're, you're delaying, but many times God is waiting on us to grow up and to mature. And to have the capacity to contain what he's going to give us Mm. and not let the wild animals of extravagance and pride and self-reliance and I'm so this and I'm so that to then, you know, uh, take over our lives and then uh, shipwreck our faith. Okay. So there's that aspect to it as well. in where God looks at our capacity to contain. You know, that's how I know, you know, sometimes God knows that if I, you know, the more money you get, the more wives you're going to have, you know, oh, women wow. gonna, you, know, <laughs> you know, so if I keep you, if I keep you broke for a little bit, you know, I have you, yeah. I have you and I've got a, a chance to really get the roots in so that when you get the money, that problem is out of the way Eish. and you're not going to be, in, you know, it's not going to be a problem. But when you're on this side of, you know, of the equator, you're thinking, God, what's your problem? Mm-hmm. And that's it comes back against that relationship aspect. You know, God can say that to the Israelites I don't want to let the wild animals, you know, overcome you. Mm-hmm. So, if we have a relationship with God, God should be able to tell us, Son, you're just not ready. Or, My daughter, you're just not ready. Yeah. So, that's a, you know, an example of how sometimes we think it's because God is the one who's delaying when actually we need to mature and come to a place where we are ready to contain what it is that we're believing God for.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you think um, faith has been described in the Bible as mustard seed type faith? And mm-hmm. then there's your faith is big. Your faith is small. Mm-hmm. You have little faith. You know, it's mm-hmm. like this: my sizes and my levels yeah. <laughs> of faith. Yeah. So, like you said, we have to apply faith when we are praying. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think nowadays? As we pray, like if you compare, like, even if you read Psalms, if you were to read them as prayers, it's like the stuff that that dude was praying for. Mm-hmm. Amazing stuff. Or even Gideon, he's the one who prayed for the sun to stand still, right? Yeah. I no, mean uh, that was Joshua. Joshua, yeah. Mm-hmm. Eish,
1: I'm sorry, guys. Clearly, I haven't been in my We didn't worry. even pray. But anyway. <laughs> oh, we didn't pray? We didn't pray. He just told the sun and the moon to stand still.
0: You see now. So it's like, <laughs> is our, has our faith become small such that we no longer really think to ask god of such things for such things yeah. or cuz if i'm being honest i don't think i ask for like
2: really the nations.
0: things that i think are impossible yeah. i don't find myself asking for things like that i find myself asking what i really need to pay the rent this month i yeah. don't know where the money's going to come from it feels yeah. impossible actually but I know it's within, he can do it somehow. I don't know, but he can do it. I don't find myself asking, you know, Lord, can you bring back the 15 billion?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're alone in that.
0: (laughs) But yeah, do you think our faith has become smaller?
1: Look, I'd I'd say um, the specifics of someone who's living in Zimbabwe, See, when you are confronted with the kind of problems and challenges that we have faced over a very long period of time, it is very easy to have your faith ebb and ebb over time. So if you remember, after the people of Israel were under siege and the people were eating each other's children in Second mm. uh, Kings chapter 7, uh, Elisha prophesied that you know things are going to be so cheap tomorrow, by yeah, this time yeah. tomorrow things are going to be so cheap mm. you're not going to be able to believe it. This guy, and he says he's a guy on whose arm the king leaned. So he was the king's uh, uh, number two or uh, very st- close standby. Mm-hmm. And he said, listen, even if God were to open the windows of heaven, this will not happen. Mm-hmm. And then Elisha said to him, you're going to see it, but you're not going to eat of it. Mm-hmm. And what happened to that guy is basically having seen all the hardship and all that difficulty, there's something about hardship that makes us more and more small-minded. You know, you are so into, like, if I can only make it to the next hour, if I can make it to the next day, you know, I'll be fine. And then this whole thing about, so you want to talk about generations, you want to talk about, you know, how it was in the day of, uh, you know, uh, of Abraham in the day of, what? We don't care about that. We just want to live the next day. Yeah. There's something about hardship that does that. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we have to counter by continually staying in the word of God. Uh, and also asking for the help of the Spirit. One thing that encourages me is what Paul prays for the Ephesians. He says, I pray that you, that you know the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened, that you may understand the hope to which you have been called, mm-hmm. and that you may know the glorious riches of uh, God's inheritance in the saints, and this is part I love, and that you may know the greatness of His power toward us who believe, which powers like the working of His mighty strength, yeah. which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms. So, we, we need our eyes enlightened to understand the greatness of the power. Because you know without that enlightenment that comes from God, you can never understand the workings of that power. And yeah. it's actually there available for you and me all the time, regardless of how difficult things are. Just because things are tight doesn't mean that that power is not working on your behalf or is not available on your behalf. Mm. So we need revelation from God. Um And we also need to also stay in the word just to keep on soaking up. I remember reading recently... Uh, first and Second Kings, and looking at what Elisha would do—throw a stick in the water, and the axe head would float. You know, it just stokes something in you. You know, you're mm. like, wow. You know, God, you—you you know, you're the same. And these guys weren't even like, you know, born again. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you understand that they were still like, they were believers, yeah. but they didn't have the new life of Christ in them, Yeah. like we do. And they were doing all this hectic stuff, you know. So it makes you think, what on earth? You know, no ways, Lord, Elijah running ahead of the chariot. What? You know, (laughs) leaving behind the best horses and the fastest horses in Israel. It does something to you, uh, being in the Word and always catching wind of what God was doing then and that he's the same God and he can do it now.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: And, you know, when you put it that way, that scripture
2: really does reveal who God is and what God is what God is capable of doing yeah. um, in and through us. And I think it really boils down a lot to how we view scripture, yeah. you know. And um, so that, that one day is, is a huge challenge uh, for, for all of us. So I think as we draw to a close, um, the, the, the one thing that I want us to talk about is how we should pray. Because I think that's an important one. But maybe before, before we, we can make that the last one. Before we mm-hmm. get we get to that, um, and I don't know if t Mike wants to say something, but before we get to that, there's another aspect that we need to talk about, which is that prayer. Mm-hmm. Does prayer change God's mind? Right? This is a question I know I've been asked many times. Yes. You know, that, okay, so if God is going to do what he wants to do anyway, mm-hmm. right, God already has his plan for humanity, God has his plan for people mm-hmm. right so if I pray, am I changing god 's mind? am I changing that plan mm-hmm. how 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 does that work okay right? that, that's i think that's an that's a question that many people also have
1: okay yeah that's a very a very interesting question and if you look at the scriptures um I think m- maybe one of the problems that people may have if they're asking that question is to think that God only wants us to be involved when it talks about changing his plans and not thinking about actually God's plans coming to pass as a result of our prayers. And so part of God's purposes and plans are actually factoring in the prayers of the saints. Okay, and so Mac is going to pray and then this is going to happen. And then Cookie Monster is going to pray about this. This is supposed to happen, but then Cookie Monster is going to pray because I'm going to wake him up at two in the morning. I'm going to tell him I'm going to put a burden on his heart and then it's going to be stopped because Cookie Monster prayed so God is factoring in our prayers and he's actually depending on our prayers to make certain things uh, work. Interesting. Now, but if you're going to ask about changing the mind of God, I'd say God's <laughs> intent can be changed, but not his mind. Right. So God sometimes intends certain things. Um, if you look at, generally when you look at God's God in judgment, when he's judging, when he's about to judge someone or judge a nation, Mm-hmm. It's an area that people can have room to make intercession And you see that with Moses interceding for the people of Israel You see that with uh, Abraham interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah Yeah, uh, And you also see God actually actively looking for a person who standing in the gap In uh, Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 31 He says, uh, I, I looked for someone to stand in the breach Stand in the gap for the nation so that I would not bring about the judgment mm-hmm. And I found no one, so I destroyed them because there's no one standing there to say, hey, God, please don't do it. Right. But he had actually been looking for someone who was standing to say, God, please don't bring the judgment. So God invites and looks for people to talk him out of his judgment, as it were. Yeah. And then in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 7 to 8, God very clearly says that if I you know, decide to, to destroy a nation, but they repent, you know, I will relent of the evil I thought I was going to do to them. If I want to do something good for that nation, but then they do evil, I'll relent of the good that I wanted to do. So you see God's showing himself not to be this straight jacketed God who has mm. this will that cannot be, you know, shifted and changed, but he's a God who responds to circumstance and situation, just like any person would do. Yeah. Okay, so I want to do this, I'm so angry, you know, I want to destroy you guys. But then someone comes, oh please Lord what will you know and if the egyptians hear it they'll say you're unable to take these people through into the land and then what will become of your great name and all that oh yeah but moses you got a point okay i'm not gonna destroy them but still they're not gonna go you know scot free there's something that's gonna happen to them you see you know god is a person and i think we need to treat him that way sometimes we treat him like this person with this machine that's fed in all the scenarios and you know, and that's just going to work out according to this computer program. But no, yeah. he's a person and he can respond to the way that we speak to him. But there are also instances where we can't change his mind. Yeah. Uh, and those are instances like you see in Genesis 41, verse 12, where Joseph says the doubling of your dream, Pharaoh, shows that it's fixed with God mm-hmm. and it will, you know, it's, not, it's not going to change. It's shortly going to happen. And then there's also the issue of an oath. When, when God makes an oath, that cannot be changed regardless of how much you want to scream and pray and shout, yeah. an oath is fixed. So in those instances where God clearly shows and says, I'm not changing my mind about this, and when he's made an oath, not, you know, no amount of prayer can do anything there.
2: Hmm, that's good. And I think, wow, that, that's actually very important because the way we view God, the way we understand who God is, um, matters a lot, right? And I think it's it's, it's what shapes some of these Questions that, that we then that, that we then ask Timak I don't know if you have got something else that you want to say
0: Yeah um, This is verse Psalm 115 verse 3 That says our God is in heaven And he does whatever pleases him mm-hmm. um, Let me look for another version Yeah but basically it says Okay when our God is in the, in the heavens And he does whatever he desires So when you read a verse like that it's hard for you to believe what you just said in terms of me actually playing an active role or being a participant in how the story plays out, because it's saying, dude will do what he wants."
1: Yes, and so do you realize again, when people read that scripture, they're reading it without having a full appreciation of what it is that God desires. So mm. what is it? So it says he does whatever he desires. Mm. He does what pleases Him. Mm. What is it that pleases God? Part of what pleases God is answering our prayers. Mm. So when God does what pleases Him, part of what pleases Him is we come to Him and we say, God, can you do something? Mm. And He has pleasure in answering it. In John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus says something very interesting. Not Actually, that's not 15, 7. It's actually John 16, 24. In John 16, 24, Jesus says to the disciples, up to this point, you have not asked for anything in my name. Mm. But now I'm saying to you, ask in my name and you will receive Mm -hmm. that your joy may May be be full. full. Yeah. So in answering prayer, there is pleasure on God's side, but there's also joy on our side. So God knows part of the fullness of our joy is in us going to him in the name of Jesus, asking for certain things and God fulfilling them on our behalf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's joy on his part and joy for us. Just like any parent has joy in fulfilling, you know, the desire of a child who says, I want ice cream or I want a toy and just seeing the child's face light up when you do it, you know, there's pleasure on the parents' side as much as on the child's side.
0: Yeah. And so and um, okay, and what does that mean? That's another Christianese thing that we hear a lot in Jesus' name or in the name of Jesus. But yes. what does it actually mean? Okay. Is it just like I can say whatever I want to say, then in the end I tag on in Jesus' name we pray?
1: That's the very, uh, a very good question. Again, you need to realize when you say in the name of Jesus, we're talking about as people who are standing in the place of Jesus. So Jesus said in that scripture, up to now you have not asked anything in my name. Why? Because Jesus was still amongst them. Mm-hmm. So Jesus was the one who was praying in his capacity as Jesus. But now that Jesus is going and we are here, we are praying as though we ourselves are in the office as it were of the name yes so it's almost as well it's like we are saying father accept us as you'd accept your son jesus Mm -hmm. that's what uh, praying in the name of jesus Mm. means and praying in a way that is consistent with what jesus himself in his nature and in in his character would pray for so to pray that your enemies will be obliterated off the face of the earth isn't exactly consistent because jesus said to james and john you know not what spirit you're of and for the Son of Man came neither, not, not, not to destroy, but to seek and save the lost. So if you're going to pray for the destruction of the lost, you are not praying in the name of Jesus, because that's you know, out of step with his character. Yeah. Um, if you look at Colossians 3.17, it's not just about praying, it's also about, it says, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, how do you do something in the name of Jesus? You know, do you wake up in the morning? I wake up in the name of Jesus. I brush my teeth in the name of Jesus. I'm taking my breakfast in the name of Jesus. You know, but it's it's about doing things in the character of Jesus. How would Jesus do? It's like WWJD. You know, what would Jesus yeah. do? And living as Jesus would do—that's doing all things in the name of Jesus. Okay. So it's about doing it in the character and in the personality uh, that Jesus would have. You know, done if he was on earth.
2: That's really good, man. So uh, I think it's time for us to wrap this up. And the question that I had earlier about how we should pray, I think you've already kind of answered mm-hmm. in, um, in some of the things that you've said, which is really that we need to we need to view God correctly, mm-hmm. right? We need to see God as our father. We need to see God's will as not just being... You know, when we think of God's will, we think it's something that, uh, it's got to be something that is against what we want. Yeah. That God is constantly, you know, See? the 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 cosmic policeman up yeah. there trying to uh, punish us yeah. or trying to stop us from having fun um, or whatever it could be. And yet, you know, we forget that God, God is for us. God yeah. wants the best for us. Yeah. And um, like any parent, you know, God really... <laughs> wants us to be the very best that we can be. And of course, you know, God wants us to to, 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 to make it to heaven. Yeah. You know <laughs> he, wants, he wants us to be with Him. So maybe just quickly, uh you can just touch on um, how we we should pray. Uh maybe from more of a practical point of view, then we'll just wrap it up.
1: Okay, from a practical point of view I'll um at the risk of introducing new new stuff, but I'll just do so. The, I mean the different kinds of prayer. And it depends on the situation that you're facing. So there's the usual prayers, which are your requests, which is a very simple asking, Father, this is what I need you to do for me. Um, please do it. Amen. And then there are what are called petitions, which can take on a more formal kind of, uh, you know, uh, of an approach. And that has to do with situations of where you're dealing with justice issues. Yeah. So you are approaching heaven as though it was a court and the Bible with the constitution. And so you're saying, for example, when you talked about that, uh, uh, the salary dispute or the money that's not coming your way, to say, you know, Father, or, you know, I'm bringing my case, I'm reasoning with you. This is what your word says. Firstly, this verse says this. Secondly, this is what this verse says. And on the basis of these two or three verses, and I like to use two or three verses when I am praying like that because the Bible says by two or three witnesses should every matter be established. Um, so, Lord, according to this, may you rule in my favor in this case. Mm. So you're dealing with an injustice when you're praying the prayer of petition, you know, in most cases. And then there's a prayer of intercession, where you're praying for other people. Yeah. And it's basically have an idea of what you're going to pray for beforehand. Say, okay, Lord, this is what I want to pray for this person. Can you do this for them? Uh, and then I think that's about that. The other prayers there are all kinds of prayers, also prayers in the spirit when you pray in the spirit uh that's you know praying in tongues you know that's a spiritual kind of prayer where you allow yourself to or allow the spirit of God to express himself through you and you pray trusting that the as the Bible says that the spirit of God knows the mind of God and therefore mm. is praying in uh you know in concert with the will of God those are the ways that we can pray and I would say heed first Peter chapter four verse seven which says that uh, be self-controlled and clear-minded in order that you may be able to pray. One of the things that people, when they're praying, one of the biggest hindrances is this issue of clear-mindedness. When you come to pray, you've got all this stuff from work, stuff from school, stuff from your relationships with the people around you, clouding your mind, and it makes you less effective when you pray. Right. The Bible says clear your mind. You know, if you're gonna take time to listen to some music or you're gonna take time just to sit before the Lord and just be still and not say anything, but just allow yourself to calm down and just allow yourself to focus on him. I would say begin with worship because worship is a very good way of focusing yourself yeah. you know, on God. So start by giving him praise and it gives a lot of perspective to because you know, when we worship we magnify God, yeah. not in the way that a, you know like a microscope does. But like a telescope, you know, is you need to train a telescope on a moon, you know, the moon is, you know, is no longer like this five cent coin in the sky. It becomes what it really is, this huge planet-like, mm. you know, uh, object. So it is with God, you know, and the problems of, of life and, you know, the hustle and bustle makes God look so small. Yeah. But when we praise him, we magnify him, it becomes a telescope through which we see his greatness and his majesty. So I'd say begin with worship because it gives you plenty of good perspective and it bolsters you it bolsters your faith when you actually then go and make those requests. Yeah. Um and then basically, as I said before, just be yourself, say what you feel, be real. Like the psalmists would be. Yeah. They'll be like, you know, why yeah. do you, you know, God, why are you sleeping? I think that's uh, Psalm 45, you know. Why do you sleep, oh God? Rouse yourself, you know, and the Bible says he neither sleeps nor slumbers. But there's someone who's being real you know i don't yeah. care about the theology i'm telling you how i feel about you you're sleeping yeah. wake up god <laughs> so be real with god um and that's you know how you can be effective in prayer wow yeah well
2: there you have it guys i think there's um uh, several points that kawaza has raised there and Again, the reason why I wanted him to talk about it from the practical viewpoint is that you know it's it's important for us to understand how to do these things practically because ultimately our faith is is very practical, and our relationship with God also has to be very practical um and so I think we're gonna we're gonna end it here today uh, but as as always, we encourage you to go do your own research, you know search the scriptures, read, and investigate your own journey with God you know um, check out where you're at. Where prayer is concerned, are you praying enough? Do you still trust in God when it comes, you know, to prayer? Are you, have you, you know, have you become more microwave focused uh, in, in the way that you pray? And I think, you know, if we don't take those active steps, it's very easy for us to, to just kind of start stepping back. And actually, we actually end up losing the, the amazing benefits that, um, that come with prayer. T-Mac?
0: I don't really have
2: anything to add, to be honest. Have I just closed this, my guy? just
0: closed it, my guy.
2: Uh, My guy. (laughs) Anyway, um, it's been good, guys. And for those of you who are wondering why we call Kuwaza our resident theologian, I think you've heard for yourselves. Mm. You know, he's a man who is very well-versed in the scriptures, someone who applies himself to scripture and really... uh, takes time to understand doctrine, theology, and how all these things play together. Uh, so, and I think it's important for us to, to, to have that in the body of Christ, people who are doing that and, and looking at scripture from a very um, analytical and in-depth uh, perspective, because we, 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 we want more than just the shallow, shallow, superficial stuff want that the, the real stuff So anyway Before I talk too much uh, Thank you all for listening Kuwaza cool. it's, it's been real As always God bless you guys Cookie Monster I'm out T-Mac Yeah Peace
0: Peace Thank you for listening to this week's episode Of the Radiant Culture Podcast If you want to make a contribution Make a suggestion Or have a request You can get in touch with us via email On radiantatthehub.co.zw Or or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless.
1: It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.